Hey, thanks for joining me on Between the Fur, you guys. This is a uh, very special episode for me because, uh, yeah, one of uh, uh, one of the guys I've been trying to get on here forever, Bob Wolf, is uh, is joining us today. He's a busy man and uh, in a new chapter of his life. And John is out in the middle of nowhere here uh, doing a, a walk for charity. And so he's going to be walking and talking and and <laughs> love the view there john but first before we get started here i uh, would need to pay the bills by going to some sponsors we'll be right back this episode is sponsored by burr bottles introducing the ultimate companion for your hydration needs these durable insulated aluminum water bottles crafted with high quality technology burr bottles are designed to withstand the test of time with their cup holder friendly design you can take them anywhere you go without any hassle burr bottles are engineered to retain the temperature of your favorite beverages for up to 24 hours ensuring that your drinks stay refreshingly cold or piping hot throughout the day to top it all off Burr bottles are powder coated for enhanced durability, ensuring that they can withstand the rigors of your active lifestyle. Burr bottles are built to last, but what truly sets them apart is their unbeatable price. So why settle for less when you can have it all and experience the perfect blend of quality, functionality, and affordability? Keep it chill with Burr bottles. Okay, we're back. Bob, you there? I'm here, Ken. I am here. Oh, nice. Now, Bob, you just you just started a uh, a new job. It sounds like, or you're you're starting a new chapter, and uh, so I really appreciate you taking the time to to uh, jump in here. It, it, I think it's funny that you're uh, and and you know, remember, any of this can be edited. So <laughs> let me know if uh, I say something or you guys say something. You know, don't want something said. So, Kenny, God dang it, you asked the hard questions. <laughs> okay especially to bob <laughs> ask him about the hookers and blow in vegas ask him <laughs> that we are going to steer clear from because we have young listeners young ears out there <laughs> oh come on they're not that young especially in today's world kids uh, nowadays jesus they've seen more by the age of 10 than i saw in 50 years <laughs> it's probably true <laughs> especially for you john uh, but, uh, and I think it's fun that you're, you're, you're working with Great Wolf Lodge now, Bob Wolf. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that ironic, huh? So <laughs> that's great. So just a little background yeah. here before we get rolling, Bob Wolf, the original gorilla, the OG, uh, I know that there was a little, little stint before him that, uh, you know, there was a, there was a guy there before, but, but really, uh, Bob is the uh is considered the og gorilla from phoenix and uh a legend true legend in uh in this world and in others and john here og bear from from uh salt lake city the jazz bob you've been all over the world i mean literally you were the you were the guy that started all the international travel Yes, Ken. Um, I was in the right place at the right time with the right talent. And I got a chance to start the, the industry with the way it is kind of known today. I was lucky. I was blessed. 
Um, and yes, the traveling came um, again, right timing, right situation, and uh, opened up the doors for all of us to travel the world. Um, to to honestly, there was one point in my career where we had to send our passports back to San Francisco to get new pages put in. I mean, that's how much we traveled. So I've been lucky and fortunate to do that. What a blessing. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, I, I, at one point when I first started in there, uh, I, I heard that you and a couple of the other guys were making more money outside <laughs> of your of your teams than you were with your teams. And I was like, man, that's just, I mean, that kind of blew my mind. And you know, when you, when I got to know you and heard of, of how you were just being booked everywhere. Uh, yeah. That made a lot more sense at that point, but both all three of us and a few other, we all started um, at absolutely the right time for mascots for, for professional mascots. The life lessons that I learned along the way is just basically live life. And I, I didn't, I did not know what I had until it was over. Um, looking back on things, looking back on the situation, of course, uh, basically, I kind of ran my career from 1988 to 2021. And sitting there at 2021, things have changed so dramatically. And I was I was so thankful that I was leaving the profession and not entering the profession. And that was just my personal uh, feelings at that time, because what we did and what we could get away with and how far we could push the boundaries of every night, every evening, every road trip, it was just phenomenal before uh Things kind of fell into play, whether it's legal, HR, PC. Uh, we happened to hit the right right industry at the right time with the right situation. So I was blessed. What was what was your philosophy going into bits that you would do? Because like, like I know back then, like you say, we could push those. I mean, we, we did we did we could do stuff that <laughs> like no there were just so few boundaries. I remember seeing a picture of you, a famous picture in my mind, of you standing on the backboard, standing on the, on the rim with a, with a flag. I mean, you, yes. obviously we can't do that anymore. We can't, I mean, there's no. You, you know, the, the, the standing on the rim, um, I kind of want to say that was my trademark back in the late 80s, early 90s. Um, and the funny thing about that is that is the move and the moment are actually the move that got me the job with the sons. That was at the end of my audition. I thought I had a horrible audition. I don't know if I made a dunk and I was winded and it was a mess, I thought. And then that was the last that was the last move I did was I dunked the ball. I, I, we call it in gymnastics, a kip onto the rim and I stood on the rim. And that just blew the VPs away on what I did and how I did it. So that's the move that got me the job, I believe. And the, the move that, that was, was a part of so many, in my world, famous photographs. We were 
I believe we were in Clemson doing a college game, and it was during the first Gulf Gulf uh, Gulf War, and uh, it was the point where they didn't know if they wanted to play the game that night because it was so early in the stages of the war, and so they went and did perform. They they went on with the game, and that was the move I did during the game. And then usually in games, I, I I would put a college flag up or. A, whatever flag I, that was part of the school or program I was with. But that night I, I raised up an American flag at that game when I was on the rim. And that was just feels on behalf of me and the crowd. It was just a spectacular moment in my, in my career that I'll never forget. And it all came from the standing on the rim. Mm. Yeah. That there was a lot of things that, I took away from your career some of the things that you did and the style that you did it in. It was uh, to me very professional. You always came off as a as a uh, you know doing it right, doing it right the first time and well thought through. Now on the other hand, John over here was like a bull in a china shop. I would say opposite of. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Opposite of Bob. I agree. <laughs> I 100% agree. <laughs> Bob planned yeah, stuff out. He was a planner. Ken, that, that's the best part of what, what we do. There isn't one style. That was my style. Yes, I spent way too much time, 12 hours building a piano for a two-minute timeout. It was just ridiculous. And the thought and process that I went in, and then you had John, the bull in, in the china shop, both, both, both of us worked. Uh, both philosophies worked. There's not one right way or wrong way to do uh, what we do in this industry. So kudos to uh, – there's things that Abzi does that I could never do and vice versa. But both philosophies and styles work. Yeah. I always and you know, Looking at you, you really had a modified uh, philosophy or style between the two of us. I, if, if, if Correct me if I'm wrong. And – it was wonderful. You, you. I believe that you're one of the best professional mascots that have ever put on the suit. Oh, thank you. I, I, I agree. I, I think the cool thing about you, Ken, um, is the fact that when I watched you, when I watched you, when I watch you perform, I seriously, it's like you can say a thousand words with just a few mannerisms. And I seriously can, like, read what you're doing. And it's so amazing how you can bring that out you know into into the into the light so that i don't know it's just amazing what you can do with just a few gestures wow well thanks yeah usually i try yeah we expect both of us to have a five dollar venmo coming (laughs) (laughs) on its way already (laughs) going back to what john just said i think that's an art of being a mascot that is being lost in today's environment Uh, when i could sit and watch a mascot and you know going back to the fanatic yourself john uh, i prided i prided myself on being uh, a good in crowd mascot and that's one of the hardest things that you can possibly do everything is improv everything is coming up at the moment but mannerisms in crowd reactions and actions it's a, it's a, a lost art in the new day, new era of mascots. I think so too. My... Yes, yes. And, and it's a real stretch for people now, you know? 
and 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 it was a stretch back then for us but your personality um it it, it was interesting and, and both you and john your personalities were so apparent they would come through and i i think mine as well you know we all of our personalities come out of these costumes but even the way uh you would walk bob when i saw you out of costume for the first time i'm like huh, yeah that's i mean we we transfer who we are right through that fur and and uh, you know it, it it's interesting you can tell uh, <laughs> I had a lady tell me one time in our organization, you know, you can really tell the heart of someone in costume. Um, you, you, yeah, you can tell the heart of the person inside the costume. You know, no, what, I can see that because you have to I mean, your heart has to show in order for that personality to come through. Right. I, mean, I believe that. Yeah. And. Yeah. So, and you know, Bob, I met you uh, two years into your career at the first All-Star game I went to, and that was in Charlotte. It was. And, yeah. And uh, I, have a, I have a picture I was going to bring today, darn it, of, uh, of you and I. That was 19, that was 91, I believe, wasn't it? Was that 91? 91. No, or it was it 90. 91. Yep. And John, I like that view, man. <laughs> you guys, man, it's hot, and I've been walking for 15 miles already. So I'm, 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 this is nice. Thank you. Nice. Oh, all right. Well, and so I remember standing there on the court, and uh, I kind of bombed my dunk. But of course, I was in awe of of your skills, and uh, of course, Bob Costas loved you. Uh, but that was a, that was a great experience there for me. And that, uh, um, you know, I remember thinking, yeah, this is, uh, I, I want to learn as, as much as I can by watching you. And that was, uh, you know, I, not to honestly not tooting your horn here. That's really what I thought, you know, gosh, what a professional I had just been told by my, I mean, just Weeks before that, I had been told by the president of our company, yo, Ken, this is the NBA. Step it up. Because I was fresh out of college. And I, who I, was I, your guy, Ken? Who told you that? That was Carl Shear. Oh, wow. That's a name from the Yeah, past. you remember Carl Shear? Carl Shear actually uh, developed the first dunk contest at the all-star games. So here, uh -huh. here in Denver, actually. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Um, so I, I was really, I was really fresh at that point thinking, you know what? I really need to step up my game. And, uh, you were who I zeroed in on. John came a little while later and John tells everybody that I ignored him the first time that I met him, but that was you not did. the case. Sure. It wasn't. I took him under my wing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I still remember I was with the Fargo Moorhead Acro team and we were doing a show down in Denver and and I still remember we were pulling in in the truck and I, and I have to admit I'm probably the only guy that ever backed into Mile High Stadium and I, I dented the truck and we couldn't get the garage door up but um, 
I remember we went in and I looked up and I saw you in the catwalk. You rappelled down. And back then I was with the Fargo fever. And I remember, I don't know, I just thought, oh, we're all mascots. So I go running down there. You were getting ready to run out for a skit. And I'm talking to you. And you looked at me <laughs> with that like, yeah, okay, whatever. Look, <laughs> and then you took off. <laughs> I was in costume. But I get it now. <laughs> I get it now. <laughs> uh, I do. I get it now. Well, okay. It wasn't. It wasn't me shunning you so much. I know. No, I do. <laughs> Honest to God, I get it now. Back then, well, uh, you know. All right. So, <laughs> Cade's over here dying. He loves that story. Um, but hey. So back to, uh, you know, Bob, you said something like it, it, you felt very fortunate to be leaving at this time, not coming in. And there's, Correct. yeah, it, it, I feel like the art of mascotting, mascotting, is that a word? Is, uh, is really taking a curve, you know, taking it, it's, it's changing and, you know, mascots are having to adapt at this point or they're, they're taking this and adapting it to mascotting, uh, you know, or whatever. But it's it's evolving, right? And do you, do you think it's adapting though, or was it more just them? Like, I feel like we adapted to everything that was going on. Right now, I just feel like mascots are just trying to keep. Well, I guess that is adapting, but I mean, and not even keep up because I feel like they're being shoved in a box. Back in our day, we were pushing the envelope to see what we could do. We were like two-year-old kids, you know, pushing that box or the, uh, you know, the envelope with the parents, you know, seeing what we could get away with. And today, I feel like the league is really dumb. Yeah, what do you feel? Yeah, go ahead, Bob. I'll, I'll let you talk on that. No, 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 no. Uh, and this isn't anything about the talent of the kids that are doing the mascotting today. Exactly. It's just. It's just the creative freedom that we had is being limited, as John says. And it, it's more about the game itself than the entertainment. But remember in the days, too, we went through cycles when it was we were suppressed, too, when it came to art form and mascots. Um, and then the league realized that the entertainment is important. So I just think it could be another cycle, hopefully, that uh, they're, they're suppressed within the game of the, it's more about the sneakers and the basketball players. And it always has been a get about the basketball players. We all get that. We know we're in the NBA, but uh, the, the, again, the freedom for these guys to express themselves as a, as a mascot is limited. Yeah. And I think that's team by team. I think with uh, you know, my team, I think that there's still some, some, some allowances there from before i think there's still some uh you know they 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 are really pushing for creativity they they want to push the the boundaries as much as they can as you know still ish but those walls have closed in quite a bit um you know but I, I, go ahead any question though can just like you can adapt to what is going on today and excel at it. So you're right. You're absolutely right. There yeah. certainly is a, a way to be the best entertainer out there, even in today's society. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. There's still a way to be the best. And, you know, that's, that's a real theme. I think that, uh, you know, I started thinking I'm here. I, I want to be the best. 
And many nights, in fact, sometimes still, I think everybody's here to see me. You know, so I got to be on point. I want to be doing the best that I can. I want to be putting on my best show. And, uh, you know, a lot of people say, oh, man, you work hard. I'm like, no, I play hard. I play hard. This is what, you know, I, I go out there with this. I'm going to play as hard as I can, as, as, as hard as they'll allow me. And that's how I think, you know, my longevity uh, was, was established, you know. But yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt. But like you said, if you don't have that idea of that, you want those guys to come to see you and again if you're not performing like you're the only one out there and everyone's watching you you're doing something wrong as, as when i retired i got a chance to go to a I actually have season tickets with the sons right now and i watch a lot of games and i now i realize it's not about the gorilla it's not about me it's not about that but when i was in that suit just like you i wanted to perform at my best my peak and i i thought i ever was one was there to see me so if you don't have that mentality you're not going to be in that top tier well put i love that i give me give me you know i i've i've got some other highlights from john i want to ask you bob real real quick some some highlights sometimes when you when you when you took something Maybe it was unexpected and it and it just worked or... I, I guess there isn't one thing that happened, but back in my early days, must have been before the All-Star game that I met you, um, that uh, basically it was my probably my first or second year into the program, into the, my employment. And uh, my parents weren't really thrilled about me doing what I was doing. My dad wanted to be in suit and tie as a business person. My, my mom didn't care, but, but they wanted me to do something different. And I wanted to do something different too, but I thought I would do this for a little bit just because I didn't know what I wanted to do. Well, like you said, McDonald's Open called and they wanted me to perform. It was in Paris. It's usually the Lakers and a European team. I'm like, wait, Paris, France? Lakers, Magic Johnson, the Laker girls, the Phoenix Suns gorilla, and the Bud Light Daredevils? Are you kidding me? So I got a chance to get over there, first time to Europe, first international trip for myself. And after that game, again, like you on your second year in Charlotte or, or, or first year in Charlotte, I didn't think I belonged there until after that game where it went spectacular everything went right i was i was hand in hand and time out and time out with the laker girls and the bud light daredevils we're all in the same we're all the top top those two were the top entertainers of the day and i didn't think i belonged but after that game i knew i belonged and i'll never forget the phone call to my father that night it's like dad i think we're on to something big and at that moment, I realized that I was going to dedicate my life and my career to the Phoenix Suns and the Phoenix Suns Gorilla and to the industry. So it was that moment in my career, in my life, that I knew I was in the right place. So that was neat. That's awesome. Man, what a great moment. And, and it, Yeah, it was a good moment, yes. Yeah, I, I've, I've just, you know... I think everybody has that, that, that continues, you know, in, in as a, with a career like this, 
I think everybody has that aha moment, like, yeah, or like they fit in, you know, even my son Garrett, uh, you know, he's, he's lately told me, oh man, everything was clicking. I feel like I'm finally hitting a groove here. I feel like I fit in. I feel like I'm getting respect. I feel like people, uh, are enjoying what I'm doing. You know, that whole thing. He, 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 he's recently, you know, said that to me. I'm like, oh, that's, that's, I've, I've been waiting for that. And uh, I'm sure John has gone through this same thing and he, he worked his tail off to get, to get with the jazz and, uh, to get into it, but you kind of, you kind of fell into it and, uh, but weren't quite, um, you know, sure. I love, I love knowing that. Um, yeah, that moment at that moment in Paris, it was a because it, it was an industry that really wasn't developed at that point. There was two major entertainers, and that was the, the chicken and the fanatic. So there really wasn't a path for us to go down to be a profession. So that was the moment that I realized it could be, and that's when it clicked. But going back to you and and John meeting you for the first time in Charlotte and meeting John for the first time in Fargo. I saw it in your eyes that you, you, you said you studied me. I saw in your eyes that you wanted to do something like this. You, I can tell by meeting people, I've trained a lot of people. I've worked with a lot of people and I basically 90% of them don't give a rat's ass, but you guys cared. I saw it in your eyes, John, he was like a little puppy dog following me around. He was trying to figure out what I was doing, how, but you guys, I saw it in your eyes that night, that the first day I met you, that I knew you were going to be future Hall of Famers. I really did. Hmm, wow. Well, I tell you, it's it's. I, I've seen the same thing. I look. I, I got people through this podcast reaching out to me saying, "I want this. I want this." And you can tell, you know, after talking to them or meeting them, you know. Uh, you know, do they, do they really, <laughs> are they, but it, it, you know, most of them are actually, and most of them, uh, you know, have talent and, 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 uh, really want to run with it. But, you know, it, it's, it's, it's inspiring, I think, hopefully to others as well that, uh, you know, to, to see what it takes to get into this and, and to do this. Um, I, you know I was what gonna... though, it's, it's, it's a whole different world though. I mean, I mean, compared to when we came in to when people are coming in now, because I'm not saying there that you it's there. You, you are. Know, you muted yourself for a sec. Oh, I'm so sorry. Somebody called it. I'm not saying that it was, you know, that much easier, but it, I feel like it was for or it is for people nowadays, because when we came in, we had no videos. We didn't have YouTube. We, there was nobody doing what we were doing. Everything that we did was brand new. You know, now you look at guys that are coming in and they're like, oh, I was watching the gorilla or Rocky videos for how many years, you know, and I've studied this and studied that. They have like a playbook. We didn't have a playbook. We wrote the playbook. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Where did you guys get a lot of your inspiration? I, 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 TV I, let me, let me, yeah. Let me, let me start one I, for, for example, one thing, um, you know, I traveled with Mike Zerillo, who was the Hornet forever, and I, I traveled with him overseas somewhere, and 
I, we were doing something that I had never done before. I, I can't remember. It, it was some kind of intro thing that I wasn't familiar with. And I'm like, okay, so you done this before? <laughs> you know, working with you guys, it was like, oh, okay, that that spurred on a lot of stuff. And I remember him going, yeah, I think what I'll do, you know, usually what I've done in this situation is, is I'll, you know, drop and, you know, then I'll run around and throw out t-shirts and I don't know what, I don't know what it was, but, uh, just from that, I was like, oh man, okay. So yeah, that's, uh, that's something that I can play off of. And really that's all I, I had back then. I remember traveling with you, Bob, I think it was somewhere uh, it, it might have been Argentina. Did we go to Argentina together? Yeah. And <laughs> Mar, Mar del Plata. Mar del Plata. That's right. With uh, Alejandro. <laughs> yes. yes. Oh man, they were great. Oh man. So yeah, and I, you know, I I learned. I was watching you uh, prep, and I I was like, okay, yeah. I mean, he's over there, like full on stretching full on i mean and then i watched you right on through uh the show and how um you know professional you were with people in in the production side of things we'll need this we'll need this you went through the script very very uh detailed okay you ask questions uh, uh you know very detailed stuff and i'm like man that guy's not winging it <laughs> you know, and I think a lot of people look at mascots like we're winging it. Like everything's just spare of the moment and we're just operating outside the box and outside the scope of rules and outside the, you know, the, the, the realm of reality here. You're, you're right, Ken, uh, because the hardest, sometimes the hardest part of our job is just prepping and getting ready for our moments in the sun, so to speak. Uh, but you're right. The show is somewhat the easy part, the fun part, the prep, the the you know the language barrier, the music, the the DVDs, the, the cassette <laughs> tapes that we used back in the day, getting them cued and getting them to the to the the sound man, sound person. Um, that was the hardest part of the job at times. So you're absolutely right. Uh, controlled chaos, the chaos that goes on behind the scenes to hopefully do this perfectly planned and executed show, which I never had a perfectly planned and executed show. We never do, but we certainly strive for that. Yeah. No, I 100% agree with you guys. I just think, um, you know, it's live entertainment. And I remember Grant Harrison always telling me that, you know, it's like never, nothing that we do is ever going to go 100%. And I think, you know, you can only be and be to react fast. And I think that's what, you know, we're all really good at. And I think that's the difference between, cause like something that I couldn't do because I'm not like, I can't dance cause I can't remember moves. I had the same thing with a skit. If I practiced it too much, I'd always forget something and I would freeze up. And I, so, I mean, a lot of times, like when I did a skit and, and you guys know this, I mean, half the time, you know, just kind of, like you said, I was kind of winging it a little bit, but I mean, like I would go over and I'd tell my own court guy and I'd say, look, it, this is the idea of the skit. This is where we're going to start. This is a few things that have to happen in the middle, but this is the ending. And, and it was awesome to be able to go out there and know that when things went bad, it, I was able to move past it by not rehearsing that much. Does that make sense? I mean, I was, 
I was an anti-rehearser because <laughs> <It was> like, <laughs> I just I enjoyed just like, OK, how's this going to pan out? I know where I need to be and whatever happens in the middle, I just need to bounce off and react. And honestly, I think I got that. And I'm, I'm not saying anything, but I remember I, I was doing a show with you, Bob, and we rehearsed and we rehearsed and we rehearsed. And like I said, I, I'm an idiot. So I forgot what we were doing halfway through. And I remember just freezing up going, well, what do I do? <laughs> because we rehearsed this and I just totally screwed up my part. And I, and I, after that is when I was like, I don't want to rehearse anymore. I just want to, I want to have an idea of what needs to happen and then just, you know, go with the flow. No, John, to your point, you're, you're right. Um, but, but the pre the art, the rehearsal part of it and the prep part of it are kind of separated in my, in my world, you know, just prepping, getting things ready, the music oh, yeah. ready, getting ready. And then once yep. you, but that, that's what separates the, 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 the elite from the, the, the other pack is the art of improv. And, and that's what I think you and Ken, and I think myself had, yeah, that's moments. That's where the on art moments happen because yeah, I remember I was Elvis Presley on court and it was just going horribly wrong. <laughs> and I, I don't know what happened, but I ended up taking that guitar in the crowd and just smashing it on some railing. And it was the, one of the best things. That was, I think, 88 or 89, my first year there. And that was one of the best things I did the whole season. And I was so mad and everything went so wrong. And I probably over-rehearsed, just like you said. But yet it was an, I, we made another moment that just happened with improv. Yeah, and a lot of times we go out there thinking that this is going to be the best skit and it bombs. Yeah. And it's like, well, okay, crickets, I'll just be going now. <laughs> you know? And yep. boy, you take that personal, don't you? You're like, oh, man, yeah. you go in the back and you're upset. And, and a lot of times I'd be like, well, the music guy did, you know, or the announcer or the whatever. And, and yeah, I re realized after a while, it's just my fault. It's just my fault. I didn't tell somebody <laughs> something, or I didn't do. I didn't act that outright, or whatever. It, it's my fault. Yeah, but well, no, but, but it's I, good though that you took it personally. Though I mean, because you, I, I mean that that's what makes you, you know, get better. Yeah. If yeah. you're just like that was good enough, you know, because I have, I, and I know you guys have too. You bumped into guys that are like, oh no, that was all right, and you're like, that sucked ass, and you're just <laughs> like, what do you mean that was all right? And you know, that's what. I think, you know, is that kind of line, that divider is the guys are just happy to go out there and they were able to fill their two minutes and they're happy. It was like, and it was different for, you know, the, 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 there's many, you know, of us that wanted to, you know, have that huge moment, that huge skit every freaking night. And that's what separated us is we were out there to get that huge skit every night. Granted, those only come once or twice a year, you know, and if you're lucky at that, but you know, I, I think there's that, that is another differentiation or differential. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That, <laughs> that is the difference between some of the guys and the other guys is the fact that there's guys out there that'll go out there and they just want to fill their two minutes and they don't care what with. Yeah. Let me, you know, I, we're running short here on time. I got two guys on here that are the 
some of the a couple of the biggest thinkers and I was always impressed with how big you guys would go. John with your stunts where you're you're you know blowing stuff up on video or on the court where you're just you know <laughs> taking some fan out you know Bob the 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 big props the the costumes the you know here let's let's use this uh uh I can't remember the contraption's name right now but that thing that threw you um yeah, the, the catapult the catapult yeah the catapult and uh, you, Mike got injured on that. Did you get injured on that? What, what that was, was you no. would run down the court and, it, it, and you'd step on it and it would literally throw you. I tried this thing, scared the crap out of me. Yeah, no, let me, let me jump into a quick story. I guess that's what podcasts are all about, stories. But uh, we were talking about the, the new generation and our generation and what, whether it's better or easier or harder since we wrote the rules. But back then, we didn't have the internet. And I did. I saw that on a TV show. It's, it's from the stunt world. It's, it was a, it's called an air ram, a pneumatic air ram. That's it. That's it. A, but they used it to toss people back and forth on a TV screen, you know, they throw into the air. Well, I wanted to do it for a dump. And, but how do you find an air ram? How do you get it? There's no internet. There's, no, there's nothing. So quick story, I had to go to our library, pull out a Los Angeles Yellow Pages, look at the stunt people, call a couple <laughs> stunt people. Uh, 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 the third one that didn't think I was crazy said, yeah, come on over to California. I flew to California. I met him on a, uh, uh, a, a, a parking lot basketball court with asphalt. And we did it there a couple times with a little soft mat. And I said, yeah, it's, it might work. And so they built another one and flew it over. They, they came over to Phoenix and we actually kind of got it going. But it's just you couldn't just buy one or get one or find one. You had to, you had to do it yourself. But anyway, yeah, so that was at our all-star game in 94, 95 that I thought that was going to be the next generation of mascot. I mean, a donkey. No one's going to use a trampoline anymore. Everyone's going to just stand <laughs> and push the but, uh, <laughs> but no, it wasn't. Yeah, Mike destroyed. He broke his back, uh, tore his Achilles up. I actually did end up tearing my, uh, just a hammy with, you know, uh, it was a dangerous machine, but it was hard to come. Basically, the moral of the story is, we had to really search and find and really take two months of finding something to get it done back in the day. But it's different now. There's better situations, easier situations, but there's more technology to make yourself a better entertainer as well. So, Absolutely. First off, we need to tell everybody what yellow pages are, Bob. <laughs> I don't I'll think have, anybody remembers those. I'll have Cade put a little picture in. <laughs> yeah, you when he edits else? it. Man. That, that you, you need to touch on is the, uh, I think it's interesting, like when we get hurt and how nobody really knows you're hurt, but when you get in the back, I'll, you know, because um, I remember Bob and I were doing a show out in Mexico and we were doing a tug of war and Bob kicked his leg the, the cord went under his crotch and when we pulled it snapped up and got him and flipped him and he i 
didn't even know he was hurt because he kept still going until that buzzer. And as soon as the buzzer hit, he was off. And I went in the back, you know, just like, well, what's going on? And I walk in, I'm yelling, Bob, Bob, where are you at? And I walk into the bathroom and I swear to God, Ken, it like somebody slaughtered a pig in there. There was blood everywhere on the urinal. And <laughs> it was like, but he had, what'd you do, Bob? You ruptured your urethra or something, right? Yeah, there was, yes. Oh, and don't it, say yeah. yeah, like it was, all, dude, it was crazy blood. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. And it was, but you still finished the show. You still sat out there for probably 30 seconds to tell that horn went and then you busted off. And I think that's another underestimated art. Well, I think we put so much heart and soul into what we do on a nightly basis. Each, you know, once you've done a game, once you've done an appearance, it, you know, as great as it was or as bad as it was, I mean, luckily you had another game coming up. You, you either wanted to push it to the next level after that or we wanted to, uh, you know, for, totally forget the last game. Um, but, um, yeah, I remember breaking stuff and, you know, broke, jumped off the rim like I was, uh, I don't know, without hands. I just jumped up and jumped off the rim one time. I thought, oh, yeah, that's not very high. Broke my, broke both my uh, heels, shattered them. Anyways, you broke your back too, didn't you, Ken? Duncan? Broke, broke my back dunking one time. Yeah, and it's, you know, you just, you almost died repelling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's been a lot of those. Choked yourself out. Hey, Bob, I I know you need to get out of here. I I at some point I would love to do another one because because I I want to hear. Yeah, you have a great story about uh, the. Empire State Building that you built and uh, shipped <laughs> to an all-star game. But, the, you know, that's the type of thing that was just thinking as big as it gets. You know, you just think, hey, I'm going to – I'm a gorilla. I'm going to – we're going to New York for the all-star game. I'm going to build a an Empire State Building and dunk with it tipping over or whatever. I mean, that's – Passion and heart is just in my blood, and it was in everything I did, whether it was that New York, uh, yeah, Empire State, or the wing walking, or whatever we did, it was just passion and heart, and that got me to where I wanted to get. Yeah. Well, man, I sure appreciate you sharing all that, and uh, both of you, and I think that, uh, man, I'd love to do another one. Because there's just, like you said, Bob, there's just so much. It's just fun to reflect. As we have basically virtually almost 100 years of, of experience together between the three of us. And it's not about the olden days or the old days or the new, new school, new days. It's just about the experiences that we had and hopefully we can share. And hopefully, you know, the other younger um, entertainers can listen and learn and not learn, but listen to what we have to say and what we did and apply to what they want to do in the future as an entertainer. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's what this is for. So I appreciate you guys' time. Yep, you guys are the best. Thanks a lot, Ken, for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. My pleasure. Have a safe walk out there. Watch out for uh, scorpions and (laughs) snakes. snakes (laughs) (laughs) Nobody, everybody's left me. Wait, look, I mean, seriously, I stopped walking. And there's nobody inside. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> like nobody. I seriously was watching this bus dip over that hill, and I'm like, oh, shit. I'm, I'm stuck. <laughs> so.